Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. What's up? I am so glad that you are here. Um, go ahead and drop where you are tuning in from in the chat so I can see what city you're in. You know, we've started doing these meetups and so we would love to come to a city near you. So let us know where you at, girl. And don't worry if you're international, you can let us know. We have a passport. We travel. Okay. If you're new here, I'm sorry. I am Pastor Courage Molina of Bold Faith Community Church. We're an online church for women. This is a place where women are falling in love with being in the word of God. Amen. That is the truth. Our goal here is to help you to become bold in your faith, confident in your calling, and courageous in the pursuit of the purpose for which God has created you. And so if you are all about that and you need that in your life, then go ahead and hit the subscribe button, hit that notification button so you can join us every time we're live. Now, listen, we have church on Saturday. Our Saturday sermons is what we call them happen every Saturday at 8 a.m. EST. But that is not it. Monday through Friday, we also have mornings in the word at 7 a.m. EST. And uh, myself, Pastor Tiana and Vina, our uh, life group director, we all take turns reading the Bible. And the purpose of this is to help you to build a habit of being in the word of God, help you to grow you know, more knowledgeable and have a, a greater base of understanding. So as people make references, right, you've read the book, I would hate to live 20 years as a Christian, never having read through the entire Bible. Do you know what I'm saying? Or only having read through the entire Bible one time. How many times have you watched your favorite show? I digress. You can come join us Monday mornings in the Word, 7 a.m. EST. We are reading through the chronological Bible reading plan, and we're just reading through the New Living Translation. Okay, so you can go there. You can find the New Living Translation. You can just listen to us. It's one of the easier translations to understand. And so it's just a great time in the Word. So check us out. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button, hit that little, you know, bell button, ding, so you get notified every single time. Now, listen, we are a Bible studying church. And what that means is that the members have a Bible study journal. And if you are a member and you don't have your Bible study journal, please get your life and go to boldfaithchurch.org and get it. What does it mean for us to be a Bible studying church? Don't all churches study the Bible? Well, I'm sure they do. Um, but the way that, what that looks like for us here at Bold Faith Community Church is that um, we know what we're gonna study from week to week. So right now we're in the book of Acts. Every week we are looking at one new chapter. Now for the past few weeks, we've done something a little different. We've revisited some of the chapters in Acts that we've previously done. And so today we're getting back to it. But this week, because I'm teaching from chapter 16, then the members have studied chapter 16. And if they have the bold journal, which is the one that I'm using right now, if they have the bold method journal, then it means that they chose verses from chapter 16 that resonated with them. And they did some verse mapping and they used the bold method to get um, a revelation from God so that they can apply it to their life. It is not enough for us to be hearers. And the first time that you hear a word from God concerning your life, especially if you're a part of this church, doesn't have to be on Saturday morning. You know, I'm teaching from chapter 16, read and get an understanding of chapter 16. Look at those cross references. I know, shocker. You know, those little columns in the middle and the Bible study guides help you to do that, to study the context and the background, because we know context matters. If you are beyond the, you know, bold journal, that's okay. We have the transformational journal and also the book uh, study method as well. Choose whichever is right for you. If you want to, you know, take control of studying the word of God and you don't always want to get, you know, the word that's handed down to you, then you got to get in it. And there's a right way to interpret the word. It's not just people's perspective. 
there is a process by which interpretation happens in order to make sure that you are not misinterpreting it. Because when we misinterpret, we misapply, and then we miss what God wants to do in our life. And I don't want that for me, and I certainly don't want that for you. So you can go and get your Bible study guide there at boldfaithchurch.org. If you haven't gotten one, get one. Because next week we're going to be studying what? Chapter 17. Next Saturday I'm going to be teaching from where? Chapter 17. That means this week you can spend time in chapter 17, breaking down the verses, doing a word study, pulling out your resources and hearing what God has to say to you. And then when I come to speak, let what I say be a confirmation. Let it be a confirmation for what the Holy Spirit has been saying to you all week long as you study. Do you know what I mean? So that's what we do here. Now, listen, if you want to know how to get connected to our amazing community, like what? These women are studying their Bible during the week. I want to get to know them. Then you can also connect with us at boldfaithchurch.org. It's a great place for you to learn more about us, see what we're all about, to get connected. And if you want to support what we are doing here, what God is doing in and through this church, you can give your tithes and your offerings at boldfaithchurch.org as well. Okay, so we're in chapter 16 in the book of Acts. So go ahead and get your Bible out. We're going to be going from the book of Acts. I'll let you know. uh, We're going to be reading from Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. I'll put that up on the screen um, here in a little bit. Um, Let me go ahead and put it up there for you now. We're going to be reading Acts 16, um, verses 6 through 10. That's really where I'm going to be, what we're going to be focused on. But let me give you a little background first. Okay, so this is the book of Acts. If you've been with us, then you already know this, but I'm going to pretend like you haven't been with us. This was written by Luke. The book of Acts was written by Luke, and it was written for Theophilus. Now, who was Luke? Luke was a physician um, who ended up going on some of these missionary trips with Paul. And so he was there. He had access to people who had, um, you know, firsthand experiences with Jesus. He is also the author of the gospel according to Luke. It's the same Luke and Theophilus, believe it or not, is also the same recipient. So it's kind of like a sequel. You know, first he talks about Jesus and tells everything that Jesus did. And now he's really talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, It says that the official objective is or purpose of the book of Acts is to give an account of the birth and the growth of the church. But I, I tend to disagree. I mean, I'm not saying that's not what it is, but I'm saying the star of the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is showing out, giving people tongues of fire, people speaking in tongues, people speaking a good word, lives being changed, being directed by you know, the Holy Spirit. So I feel like the Holy Spirit is really shining. This is where the Holy Spirit is um, taking center stage. And so that's what we see in the book of Acts. Now here, how do we get to chapter 16? Because like I said, background and context matters. And maybe you didn't read, you know, all the chapters before. So let me help you out. Um, So y'all know Paul. Paul used to be Saul. He's converted. Now he used to um, persecute the church. And now he is planting churches, right? So from persecutor to church planner, that's who Paul is. And Paul goes on his first missionary trip. What's interesting about that is that he goes with Barnabas. Barnabas, I don't know if you know this, is the one who kind of got the other, dis- the other disciples to let, you know, Saul, his name was Saul at the time, joining their reindeer games because people knew who he was. Like he had this reputation and people were not interested. Like all of a sudden you like Jesus. Weren't you just putting people in jail because they like Jesus? Barnabas was like, no, let's let him in. And so Barnabas kind of paved the way for him. And so Barnabas and Saul and Paul, let me call him Paul. Paul, Barnabas and Mark, they went on the first mission trip. Something happened. Mark left them basically abandoned them and that clearly pissed Paul off but you know Mark abandoned them it did not stop the trip from being successful and when I say the trip was successful what I mean is the purpose of the missionary trip was to spread the news about the gospel to take it to the Jews and the Gentiles so that people would repent turn from their ways and follow Christ and understand that Christ was the true Messiah that Jesus who they knew who they came who the builders rejected was actually the true Messiah. And all they needed to do was believe in him, calling his name, and then they would be saved and they need to get baptized. All these things, right? 
That was the purpose of these trips. It was very successful because the Lord continued, the Holy Spirit continued to add to the number of people who believed. So they would go somewhere, they would speak, and people would be like, yes, we believe. And now they would be followers of Christ and they could teach them the way and teach them the good news. Now, while it was successful, it was they also had a little trouble. He was stoned. Paul was stoned. Y'all remember that? If y'all read it, stop. Paul was stoned. This is before chapter 16. I just want y'all to know where we at. Um, Paul was stoned in the same town. So he was in one town. He was preaching and people were excited. But then the Jewish leaders, they was mad. And so they kind of ran him out of town. And so he went to a new town and he was preaching. Baby, they follow him to that new town. <laughs> and the same people who were getting ready to sacrifice to Paul and um, Barnabas and Mark, the same people that were getting ready to, <laughs> to make sacrifices to them, they wanted to turn around and stone them to death. And so they stoned, they convinced these people to stone Paul and they stoned him, left him for dead, drug him out the city, but then he got up. Uh, let me just say this, just a little side note. Let me encourage you. You think that because things got difficult or because you're going through a difficult season or because you've taken a couple hits, anybody taking a couple hits, you think because you've taken a couple hits that God is, is not with you, that this work that you're doing is not successful. That is not true. We can see that Paul's, Paul's trip, his first missionary trip was successful because it fulfilled the purpose and the purpose is that people would come to know Christ. Even if I get stoned in the process so long as people come to know Christ. Even if I lose a couple of friends, so long as people come to know Christ. Even if everything doesn't work out the way I thought it was gonna be, so long as people come to know Christ. Even if I can't go on luxury trips, I'm gonna pay my tithes and I'm gonna give offering to wherever God tells me, as so long as people learn about Christ. Even if I gotta be on a budget, I can't be changing up the game because God has called me to be a good steward of my money, so long as Right. Sometimes. Sometimes in order to do the work we've been called to do, it puts us in a position where we're going to take a couple of hits. Maybe you took a financial hit because you followed God. Anybody? Nobody. The Lord, I never tell you to do nothing. And then you did it and you're like, OK, but you told me to do that. But your math, not math. No, any. Sometimes you do what the Lord tells you to do and you take a hit emotionally. You never forgave a person and gave them access to you because God called you to be the love and the light. And then that person is still showing their behind. No. And the Lord still hasn't. No, you never did that. That's just me. Okay, cool. I'm going to move on. So his first trip was very successful. So now we're in chapter 16. We're getting to the second trip. Now, listen. They're like, oh, our first trip was so good. We should go back and see some of the churches that we planted and see some of these places and see how they're doing and encourage them and, and make sure they, they haven't fallen away from the right way of following God or whatever. And Barnabas is like, okay, I think we should take my cousin Mark. And Paul like, the same Mark that dropped us? I think not. <laughs> it's like, he's like the same Paul that the same Mark that dropped us? I think not. And they got into such a disagreement that they did not stay together. They could not reconcile. They go another little lesson. I ain't even gotten to my word yet, but they're going to know another little lesson. Like, even though they were so cool and so tight, they could, they got into such a big fight about Barnabas wanting to bring his cousin Mark with him. He was like, this dude left us last time. He is too immature. We gave him a chance. It did not work out. I don't feel moved in my spirit to give him another chance. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you don't feel moved in your spirit to give him another chance. Paul is like, no, such a big fight that they split. Now they didn't split and give up the gospel. What the enemy meant for evil, maybe, right? Maybe the enemy was trying to break them up. Maybe the enemy was in there throwing some salt. But this was a God play. And the reason I said this was a God play, because how it played out is that as a result of their split, there were now two teams for the kingdom. Paul went with Silas and Barnabas went with Mark. And now we're at chapter 16. And so it's Paul, it's Silas. And um, 
you know, they're going to these places, they're they're getting to the, they're going from place to place, and they get into Lystra and they meet this man named Timothy, this young dude named Timothy, and everybody knows about Timothy. They know his reputation. His his mother was Jewish and his grandmother was Jewish. Now his daddy was Greek, which meant he was uncircumcised, right? And so they meet him and they're like, Oh, he knows the way they've been teaching him the Christian way, and so they want Timothy to join them. They decide that Timothy needs to be circumcised. Which is interesting because in chapter 15, the council had already decided that they didn't need to be circumcised. So why circumcise Timothy? This is not the point of my, this is not like, this ain't the end. This is just the beginning. I got a lot to teach, right? Let me just say that. I got a lot to teach because this is background. Um, the reason they decided to circumcise Paul, Paul, who was at the council. So in chapter 15, there was this whole thing like where there were Jewish leaders who were Christian who were saying, y'all cannot get saved if you don't get circumcised. And so they decided to go to Jerusalem, which is really the Mecca where the church was born, to find out. They went and talked to Peter and them and the other elders to find out, you know, do they have to be circumcised or not? Well, the council decided they didn't have to be, which Paul was a part of. Paul knew that, that they didn't have to be circumcised. So why do we now get to chapter 16 and we hear that Timothy is Greek and Jew and Paul, because he doesn't want to upset the Jews, he decides to circumcise them, circumcise him. That don't make no sense except for this. Timothy wasn't just a Gentile. He wasn't an other who didn't have to get circumcised. Timothy was part Jewish. And so the Jews would take offense. It's one thing for the Gentiles not to have to do it. It's one thing for the Gentiles not to have to be circumcised. That's what y'all voted on. We gonna go with that vote. Okay, cool. The Gentiles don't have to get circumcised. But we know the law said that Jews got to get circumcised. So now y'all want us to accept him? So before it even came to that, before anybody could even take offense to this half Jewish young man not being circumcised, Paul's like, I think you should get circumcised. And Timothy was like, I'm willing to do it. Timothy was willing to get circumcised, not because it was required for salvation. He just was willing to go above and beyond. Sometimes we only look to meet the minimum requirement in relationships. Sometimes we're only looking to meet the minimum requirement in ministry. Sometimes we're only looking to meet the minimum requirements to have a business, to do our launch. Well, technically, I only need to post one time, but... Timothy's saying that his work is more important than that work. He's saying, I'm going to go above and beyond so I can do good work for the kingdom. I'm willing to go above and beyond what the minimal requirement is. I know I'm not required. I'm just only required to trust God, to know God, to accept him, but to keep people from being offended so that I can reach more people. I'm willing to do that. He had the capacity to do that. And so Timothy joins him joins them. So now it's Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Um, side note, Silas was kind of brought into the group by Barnabas too. Barnabas be bringing in all the people, boy, I'm trying to tell you. So it's Saul, It's Paul. Let me stop calling him Saul. It's Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And so now they're going from town to town and they are, you know, telling them what the council decided and what they're supposed to do and encouraging them. And so strengthening the church in the faith. And so the church is growing. Now it brings us to our focus scripture, which is um, Acts 16, 6 through 10. All right. This is the passage that we're going to focus on. Y'all ready? Y'all should be ready by now because I did a lot of talking. All right, I'm reading from the New um, new International Version. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the reign of Phrygia and Galatia. And Galatia? Galatia. Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia, when they came to the border of Myasia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision and a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over here to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Amen. I really want to focus on verse 
10. That's really where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in verse 10. That's what I'm going to be teaching from is verse 10. Now, listen, they have been traveling and going from place to place. That implies that they had some type of system. They had some type of way to determine. So Paul and Barnabas did their thing. They were going from city to city. And then Paul and Barnabas split up. And then it was Paul and Silas. And Paul and Silas ended up in Lystra. They had some type of route, some type of tour guide, tour dates, tour locations, something that they were doing. And so they had a method. This is not their first time. This is their second. This is Paul's second missionary trip. And so now they've met Timothy and they've done this good work. And now they're continuing to go on. But the Holy Spirit kept them from going somewhere twice as they continued to travel they started toward asia who knows why maybe it was it made sense um it was a kind of a direct way to go if they were going to continue and they were going to stop in the cities along the way but the holy spirit kept them from doing so they were like okay well we're not going to go that way the holy spirit now the word doesn't tell us how the holy spirit stopped them whether there was a tree in the road and they couldn't get through whether that it was a feeling that they had whether it was a vision whether they got a word it was like mm -mm. maybe they started to feel away they they listened to that spirit of discernment that comes from the holy spirit they were going down that road and they were like mm, that's not the road and for the record it's not that it was a bad place for them to go because they go that way eventually just not now they eventually go to the cities that though that that road would have led to. So it's not like, oh, it was a bad town. It just wasn't. That's not the place that God wanted them in this season. That's a word right there. It's not that you can't go that way. That's not the way for today. There's a different route that the Lord wants you to take. There's a different journey that the Lord has you on. And so there's something that happened and the Holy Spirit kept them from going that way. They're like, okay, so now we're going to go in this direction. Now they're getting ready to go in another direction, go to another city and the spirit of Jesus. So maybe the Lord spoke to them, told them not to go that way either. So it's like, we're going down the street and we we're going to turn off. We were going to get off the exit to go to, um, toward Asia. And the Holy Spirit's like, nope. So we got back on the ramp and got back on 485. And so now we're at our new, we see, oh, he thought this, that city right there, we could get off the road and go there. They get ready to go there. And Jesus is like, nope, don't go there. So now they're just driving. Now I don't know where we're going. We're just going, they're not driving, right? They're just driving down the road. <laughs> It's because I got this highway thing. They're just going down and they're waiting. And so now it's like, okay, it's time for us to stop. It's nighttime. We don't really know where we're going, but we're going to take a break. We're going to stop at this rest area. And that's when Paul has the vision that night of the man calling him to Macedonia. So I want us to go there. And you can see I'm using my journal to teach all. If y'all don't have one, get one. Okay, if you don't have one, get one. That's where we are, Acts 16, verse 10. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So, one, they are looking for divine guidance. Somebody write that in the chat. Divine guidance. They are following divine guidance in their decision-making. They had an idea. It sounded like a good idea. They were going to go to Asia and the Holy Spirit said, no, that is divine guidance. So I'm going to listen. I'm going to keep going. Now there's another one. Now Jesus is telling me, no, that is divine guidance. I'm not going to go. So now we're just driving and we're waiting. Then Paul has a vision, divine, and they conclude that God has called them to go and preach the gospel and they got up and they got ready and they went right away. What can we learn from this? Before we even move on, let's look at some of these keywords. I got some keywords that I want us to look at. Um, if you're in the NIV, the key phrase that I chose was got ready. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready. So I chose got ready. What does it mean to get ready? They, they got dressed, they got up. It means that they sought, that word got ready, and the Greek means that they sought, they searched, they made inquiries for a solution. There's a place that God wants me to go. Okay, so we've decided this. 
after Paul had seen a vision, they got ready. So they went out to see like, okay, well, Paul is saying that we're going to Macedonia. Immediately, we're going to get ready. That means I'm going to go and find a solution. They didn't necessarily have a solution. They didn't necessarily know how they were going to get over there across the water, but they start to get up. Okay, when is the next boat leaving? Okay, what do we need? How much is it going to cost? We need to go ahead and start packing our bags. Y'all pack their bags. They went out and saw and searched. They didn't sit and say, okay, how are we supposed to get to Macedonia? Because Macedonia was across the water. Let me read this again. This is verse um, nine. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Come on. We don't know how we're going to get over there. How are we going to get over there? They didn't just sit around saying, we know this is what the Lord wants us to do, but we don't know how we're going to do it. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready, sought, searched, made inquiries to reach a solution. How can we fulfill what God is telling us to do? And they did that at once. That's my other keyword. Type that in the chat. Highlight it if you want to in your Bible. At once. If you have your um, if you have your bold journal and, and you didn't choose this verse, you can certainly do it along with me. Um, at once. Somebody type that in the chat at once. So we've got two sets of keywords so far. Got ready, which means they sought, searched, made inquiries to reach a solution at once, directly. It's from the Greek um, ethos. It means directly, straight away, immediately, without delay, without hesitation, without getting 17 confirmations. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once. I wonder when you see a vision, are you just waiting for the Lord to do everything? Are you immediately trying to find a solution? Are you immediately getting the resources that you need? Are you immediately going to one of my favorite places, which is Google, how to start a podcast, how to start a blog, how to start an online ministry? Let me put it on Facebook. Let me put it in this group. How do I start doing such and such and such? How to interpret the word of God? Like, did you start there? God gave you a vision. They got ready at once, directly, straight away, immediately, without delay, without hesitation. Some of y'all know there are things that God has called you to do. Start a podcast and you are there. Listen, ain't nobody delayed like a Christian who the Lord has called to do something and they don't feel pressed to do. Talking about a delay. You, you're not delayed when it comes to some of the other things that are a priority for you. But when God gives you a vision and that vision scares you a little bit or you don't know how to do it, we don't often respond by going out to get ready. Let me figure out. Let me go. Now, this is what the Lord told me to do. Let me start finding some solutions to this immediately. They immediately went out to seek and search. They immediately started making inquiries. You've been sitting on the fact that you wanted to start a book club for months. You ain't even told nobody. You've been sitting on the fact that God called you to start a ministry. You ain't for weeks. You ain't said nothing to nobody. You've been sitting on the fact that the Lord has called you to preach and teach the word of God. And you ain't did that. You just sitting. Not these boys. They, they didn't roll like that. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once sought search made increase to reach a solution at once directly straight away immediately without delay without hesitation the next keyword i chose was concluding write that in the chat concluding after paul had seen the vision we got ready at once to leave for macedonia concluding this word concluding in the greek means not like jumping to conclusions, right? It means bringing together everything that happened to come to a necessary judgment. Concluding means we didn't just make this look at this one isolated vision. We didn't just take this isolated vision and then run with it, right? They took the vision that Paul shared and they said that 
coupled with the fact that we know we're supposed to preach the gospel so he can't just want us out here on this road doing nothing coupled with the fact that we tried to go to place a and we were denied and we tried to go to place b and we were denied it must be because that's what concluding means it means they got together they had a discussion they thought about it it wasn't just one person they brought together the evidence the things in um, with the vision that Paul had, okay, well, the Holy Spirit said this and the Holy Spirit said this. And now I had a vision of this. Okay. Well, when I put these things together, not what people have said, but when I put these things together, how the Holy Spirit has been leading me and guiding me. Okay. Here's a conclusion, concluding that God, that's my other, um, my other verse, my other keyword is God. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready. We sought, searched, made increase to reach a solution directly, straight away, immediately, without delay, without hesitation, to leave for Macedonia, bringing together everything that happened to come to the necessary judgment that God, the, verse, the word I want you to put down is God, put God in the chat. You can highlight God in the verse if you're using the bold uh, journal that we're in the verse mapping side, God, the creator and owner of all things, the one who sent Jesus to die for us. Not some other random God, not some God that's kind of like God or that we call God, but he not the father of Jesus. He don't know Jesus. So that's not the same God. It's not the real God. There's only one true God and he is the father of Jesus. Jesus said, if you knew my father, you would know me. This is the God they're talking about. Creator and owner of all things. Had called. Um had called us to preach the gospel to them. What is to preach the gospel? To announce the good news. That salvation was available to anybody who would call on the name of Jesus, repent and follow him. It was That's good news. It's not just for the Jews. It's for anybody. It's not just for the rich. That's not good news. That I, like the rich, can have eternal life. That I, like those who are super educated, maybe I'm not civilized, but the, maybe I'm uncivilized, right? But as an uncivilized person, guess what? That's okay. Because even I can have eternity with Christ. Maybe I'm a woman, but guess what? That's okay. Because even I can have eternity with Christ. Maybe I'm a widow, but that's okay. Even I can have eternity with Christ. Maybe I don't know a lot. I'm not well educated, but that's okay. Because I can have have eternity with Christ. That's good news. And that's what they're preaching, right? In the New Living Translation, it says, so we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So just looking at that verse, you know, we want to look at the who, what, when, where, why, because now we're going on to the bold section. Um, the bold method. If you don't know this, you definitely need to get a journal. Um, there's also a video on YouTube that on this YouTube channel of how to use the bold method. You can also go to the church's website, boldfaithchurch.org. <laughs> Just for a second, boldfaithchurch.org. You can also go there. And um, when you download the thing, I think it'll take you so you can like learn how to do this. There's like a little training there. You can get a training. It's free. So you know how to do this. Break this down. So the next step in breaking the verse down is bearing witness. And when we bear witness, we are really just making sure we understand the verse. We are answering the who, what, when, where, why of the verse. We've already looked at the background. We looked at how, how we got there. And we've taken some key words from the verse. Let me just, can I time out real quick? Let me just say this. What happens is we read the Bible and we think that because we understand it, our understanding equals interpretation. So if I read the verse and I understood the verse, that means that I interpreted it. But understanding is not the it's not the moniker for interpretation. Intention is what was God's intention? What was the speaker's intention here? This is. Uh, Luke speaking. I know it's Luke. He says, after Paul had seen the vision, we, it means that Luke is now part of it. Cause I know that Luke is the author of this book, um, the book of Acts. And so it doesn't matter what you understand so much. What matters is what Luke intended. 
And because Luke lived in a time and a space where words mean different things than they mean now and culturally, and there's a language barrier, that's why we stop to do the verse mapping. It's why reading is not enough. It's why it doesn't do you well to meditate on what you understood if you have not interpreted it. I can meditate on a verse that I've interpreted because I understand the meaning. Interpretation is really just another way of saying, what does this verse mean? I can meditate on what that verse means when I've interpreted it. But meditating on my understanding of the word can often lead me to a place where I have misinterpreted it, misapplied, and then missed the power of God operating in my life. I've missed some things. There were some scriptures that I said, if I know God, but I still lack so much confidence, there's something that I missed. I miss something, right? And so it's not enough for us to, you know, understand. We read it and we understand, but we start with those key words. This is my little time out. We start like by pulling out those key words to make sure before we interpret it, we have a, we have a better understanding, right? Which requires that we know what it means. Before we can get to a revelation, we have to interpret the verse. And that means looking at some of the key words of the verse, which is why I chose those words. Got ready at once, concluding God to preach the gospel. And so now I'm ready to, to give my personal summary because I, I know what the verse means now. Right. And that's what bear witness is. It's just a summary of the verse or the section of the scripture that gives the who, what, when, where, why and how as it is applicable. So who do we see here? Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke conclude that the Lord wants them to go to Macedonia to preach the good news. This is after Paul's vision, and considering they were prevented from going to other places, they prepared immediately. That's what that verse means, because that verse has to be understood in the context of the verse that comes before it, and sometimes the verse that comes after it. Okay? Then the next thing we do is look at the observation. Um, what do we see in this one little verse? Here's some things that we see in this verse. They accepted Paul's, this is where, listen, this is where the learning's about to happen. If you weren't writing notes before now, dear God, start writing some notes, okay? Um, they accepted Paul's vision. It wasn't their vision. I see these memes all the time where it's like, don't expect for them to believe you because it wasn't a conference call. I think that's a great attitude to have when you're not working with people, when they're not building something with you. When they, But when people are building a ministry with you, they're building a business with you, they got to fall in with the vision. When you're building a business with somebody, when you're building a ministry with somebody, you got to fall in line with the vision, friend. They accepted Paul's vision, even though he was the only one who had the vision. Nobody else got the vision. They apparently, it says that the, it says the Holy Spirit kept them, which gives me the impression that they were all witnesses to the Holy Spirit stopping them from going one way. It says, then Jesus, the spirit of Jesus prevented us from going another way. That also gives me the impression that they were all witnesses to where Jesus didn't want them to go. So we're all witnesses to where the Holy Spirit don't want us to go and witnesses to where the spirit of Jesus don't want us to go. But now Paul's the only one with the vision. Some of you would have missed out and jumped out because, well, I ain't hear the vision. We heard it, but the Lord ain't tell me this part. So they accept Paul's vision, even though he was the only one to have the vision. What else do I see? They prepared to go immediately. They heard the vision from Paul. They accepted the vision, even though he was the only one. If they didn't require for the Lord to show them, none of that. They considered carefully, all together, the events leading up to the vision. Paul shared his vision. It's the vision that God gave him. But what I noticed is that they concluded it was God. He didn't decide on his own. I'm not saying he couldn't have, but he didn't. That's not what the scripture shows. He didn't decide on his own. So he was the only one with the vision. Nobody else had the vision. And when he shared the vision, they as a team considered all the things they've been experiencing. I wonder if they considered the spirit of God within them also, right? Consulted with that. And then they decided as a group 
that it was God telling them to go to Macedonia. They decided. And so they went. And so what can we learn from this? That leaders share vision. You've been called to lead and there are people who want to follow and support you. You've got to get clear on your vision, friend, and you've got to start sharing that thing. One of the things that keeps an organization or a ministry or a business from growing um, to the place that the visionary has is that the visionary lacks the ability to share the vision. Clearly, Paul was able to share the vision with such clarity that they were able to come to a conclusion. They were able to support him in a way and deciding to go, okay, so I'm gonna go get the bags and you get the snacks and I'm gonna go get our tickets so we can get on a boat so we can get over there, right? There, he clearly, he, you know, was able to articulate. I'm struggling to articulate. Clearly he was able to articulate. I remember when I, when the church, church, because I was gonna say when the church first started, not that we're not a church, but when we first started, um, this, listen, when I tell you I struggled to get support the way I thought it should be, the way I needed it to look like, but you know whose fault that was? It was mine because I wasn't clear on the vision. When I tell you getting clear on the vision and sharing the vision has changed. I mean, child, we didn't had a whole retreat. We didn't had a meetup. We're getting ready to have another retreat in um, July in Greensboro. It's too late. If you ain't bought your ticket, you can't come now. So sad for you. Um, we're already talking about our next meetup. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, things, things is happening now that your girl has shared the vision. Leaders share the vision. That's a lesson. He shared the vision. He didn't keep it a secret. He didn't think, oh, I'm not going to tell them because they're going to think I'm crazy. He shared the vision. And do you know what? His partners participated in bringing the vision to life, that they would go over to Macedonia. They start to get their stuff. The team fell in line. Teams participate. So whether you are a leader or a follower, and oftentimes we're both, by the way. Oftentimes I'm a leader in one section, but I happen to be, you know, a follower in another area of my life. But as a leader, I need to share the vision. As a follower, because we got to, I know people are like, are you a leader or are you follow? Well, first of all, I'm both. There's nothing wrong with being a follower. Follow me as I follow Christ. The disciples were followers. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Followers participate and bringing the vision to life. If I'm going to follow you, if I'm a build with you, if I believe in what God is calling you to do, if I believe that my calling and my purpose is complementary to what you are doing and I'm willing to follow you, then I need to participate in bringing the vision to life. Shout out to Tiffany real quick. Shout out to Tiffany. Um, because I spoke a vision of having meetups in different cities and Tiffany calls Ball Faith Community Church home. She participated in bringing that vision to life by immediately, right, endeavoring to find out, to get ready to host a meetup in her city. That's what you do when you're on a team. And leaders partner with their teams to follow through. She didn't do that by herself. She was like, I'm here for it. I was like, me too. What are we about to do? We're partnering up. We're, I know I can't do this without you. And you know that you need to help me to do this. So let's do this thing, right? Leaders partner with their teams to follow through. This is the thing that you got to know, though. That Silas and Timothy... And Luke, they also had a direct line to God because they heard the no here and they heard the no there, right? They had a direct line to God. Your leader can't be the only person. The leader can't be the only person that hears from God. The leader can't be the only person studying the word of God. The leader can't be the only one praying and fasting for things, for clarity. If we're going to be on a team, everybody needs to have a direct line to God. Everybody needs to have a one-on-one -on -one with God. Everybody needs to. 
You don't need a team who relies on you. We go with this eye. You don't need a team who relies on you solely to be the only one to hear from God. That doesn't work in a family. That doesn't work in business. It doesn't work in a community project. It doesn't work in church for sure. Certainly don't work in ministry. That does not work. If we're building something together, and this is a thing that God has, everybody need to have a direct line to the Lord. Last lesson that I want to share is that team and partners need to recognize and respect that the leaders may be the only one to get the vision. Right? I need to recognize as a leader that maybe you don't have a vision for the church because God has called me to lead. But I need to share my vision. As a person who follows, I need to accept that I'm here to help and support whoever I'm under the leadership of. And the Lord might not give me the vision. He's going to give them the vision. Seeing that the Lord works that way. And so after we've had some time to look at you know, bearing witness and we've looked at the observations and we looked at the lesson, the last thing for me to leave you with considering is what will you do? What will you do with this? As a leader, are you sharing the vision? Are you working with your partners or are you just working your partners? Are you moving with diligence? Are you moving with urgency? In the areas where you're following, have you accepted the vision? You might have accepted the, accepted the position to support, to be a support staff, but have you accepted the vision? Are you contributing to the process? Are you moving with diligence? Are you moving with urgency? Right. In all of this, all of these decisions, sharing the vision and working with your partners and moving with diligence, all of that requires that you are being guided by the spirit of God. This is divine guidance in decision making. Will I follow this vision? Where should I go? How should I go here? I'm making a decision. But is my question to you is, is it really a decision if you haven't done anything? When is a decision truly made to follow, to share a vision? When is a truly, when is a decision truly made? And does it require action? I just, I wonder, does it require action? I'm not sure where you are in your walk. And I'm not sure what, where you are getting guidance from. But if you are in a place where in your spirit, in your soul, in your heart, you know that you have a purpose, that God has called you for something, um, that the Lord, you know, there's something that the Lord wants you to do, and you know that, but you haven't, you don't know Jesus yet, and the Holy Spirit ain't really giving you instruction or you don't know the voice of the Holy Spirit, you haven't accepted, you don't know Jesus, so you haven't even been given the gift of the guidance of the Holy Spirit, so you're not even sure how to make decisions, you don't even know what to do, you don't even know how to decide whether or not your vision was from God or for something that you made up, because you don't know Jesus, well, first step is to come to know Christ, okay? That's the first step, come to know Christ, and so if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Word says that if you should confess your sins and believe in your heart, right, that Jesus sent his son to die for you. God sent his son, Jesus, to die for you. And he was raised from the dead. You believe that Jesus is the Messiah? You believe that God sent him, that he came in human form and died and was resurrected on the third day? So all you have to do is call on his name and allow him to come into your heart. If you haven't done that, or you can do that with me right now. Say, Lord, I am a sinner in need of a savior. I believe that God sent his son, Jesus, to die for me. I believe that he rose again on the third day with all power in his hand. 
I invite you, Jesus, to be Lord of my life, Lord of my heart, because I accept you as my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me, for saving me, and for giving me eternal life. Amen. Now, listen, if you said it and you believe it, that settles it. I want to be the first to welcome you to the family. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You can send us an email at praise at boldfaithchurch.org and let us know that you just accepted Christ. We want to get some um, materials, some resources in your hands. We want to get you connected. Yes, it's about an individual relationship with God, but you're not called to do it in isolation. He wants you to do it in community. Even Jesus had a gang, right? 12 disciples. It was deep. You had an entourage. And so you want to be in community as well. If you decided that Bold Faith Community Church is your church, this your church home, and you want us to know about it, if this message has blessed you in some way and you want me to know about it, then send us an email at praise at boldfaithchurch.org and let us know. If you want to help us to reach more people and send out messages like this all over the world, if you want to be a part of what God is doing in and through this church, I would love for you to give your tithes and offering. You can go to boldfaithchurch.org and do that. But guess what? You know we're not done. Okay? We're not finished. This is just the beginning. We got a, some interpretation. We got revelation. Do you know what the next part is? application. Join us in our Bold Life group immediately following this live stream um, as we get into groups and discuss what this looks like. What does it look like for us to apply divine guidance in our decision making? Where is God calling us to share a vision or to follow a vision or to support a vision? What is God calling us to do in this season that was brought up by the Holy Spirit or that was confirmed with this word today, we're going to start, you know, pulling our sleeves up and getting into it. And so we don't want you to miss that. You can go to boldfaithchurch.org and get the information to get into um, the zone. All right. If you're watching the replay, that's OK. You can still send us an email at praise at boldfaithchurch.org or you can go to our website boldfaithchurch.org to sign up and get details so that you'll get a link. Um, and next time, maybe you can join us. Maybe you're seeing this in the afternoon and you didn't know, but we would love to have you. I pray that this has blessed you and um, that you feel more equipped in the word of God. And I'd like to hear about it because I'm going to be in the chat too. All right. I love y'all. Be sure to like this video if you haven't. Be sure to share this video if it blessed you. All right. Love y'all. See y'all in the group. If this episode has blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing. If you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that God has called us to do, you can give at boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at Courage Molina. Thanks so much. Be sure to catch the next episode right here.